Hello, this is David, and you're listening to In the Background. Hello, hello, hello. To anyone listening, thanks for tuning in. Like I said, this is David, and I want to hop right into some of the verses. There's about three or four verses I'd like to read today. But I'd like to read you something that, if you listen to my last episode and testimony, I got back from Honduras, and I just gave a brief testimony of my time there. And I'd like to share with you some things that I feel like the Lord really imparted to my heart down there, and got to witness and feel, and uh, I'm going to share it with you right now. So, in Ezra, chapter 3, verse 10. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments came forward with trumpets, and the Levites and the sons of Asap with cymbals to praise the Lord according to the directions of King David of Israel. And they sang responsively, praising and giving thanks to the Lord. In quotes, For he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and heads of Father's house, old men who had seen the first house, wept with a loud voice when they saw the foundation of this house being laid. Though many shouted aloud for joy, so that the people could not distinguish the sound of the joyful shout from the sound of the people weeping. For the people shouted with a great shout, and the sound was heard far away. When I look at that verse there, um, our pastor actually read the same chapter when we were down there. And it's always a good reminder, you know, when you, when you read the Old Testament, you see so many, so many different times where the people were excited to build the house of the Lord. They were excited for the work of the Lord. They were excited to get started. And here it was just, they were just laying the foundation. It says, when the builders laid the foundation of the Lord, all the priests, all this stuff was going on. People were shouting and, and, and cheering for joy. And obviously it even says that some of the people who saw, you know, the earlier temple, I believe it was. Where did it say that? They saw the foundation of the house being laid. Old men who had seen the first house wept with a loud voice. It's like there was such a reverence for the them building the house and laying the foundation for like the return for the presence of the Lord. And it's an amazing thing when you look at that. And it's like that same building, you know, you and I are now the temple of the Lord. You and I are now the temple of the Lord. And as the Lord 
builds us and molds us and shapes us. It's a painful time. Sometimes the Lord needs to break down. Like we have foundations of things in our life that the Lord actually wants to take out of us. Sometimes, a lot of times, it's knowledge. The Bible says knowledge puffs up. And knowledge, although good, can also be a huge distraction of what the Lord wants to do in our lives. But I want to read here real quick in... First, First Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. I hear Paul says, lofty speech or wisdom. You know, sometimes I think when we hear these really elegant men speak, there are people who speak very well. And Paul says right here that I didn't come to you with lofty speech or wisdom. In the verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2, Paul says, For I decided to know nothing among you except Christ, Jesus Christ, and Him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. Sounds like Paul is much like me. And has uh, somewhat of an anxiety problem when speaking in front of people, maybe. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in the demonstration of the Spirit and of the power. So that your faith might rest, not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of of God. There's another passage here I'd like to read. In Philippians, Philippians 3, verse, uh, let's just start at verse 7. Philippians 3, verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I gain Christ and be found in him, not having a religiousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Let me say that again. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, from works, or from anything I could do. Nothing I can do makes me righteous. The righteousness from God that depends on faith. It is through faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Paul says right here, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share. Let me say that again. 
and that we share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. There is a big, juicy, many things to chew on in this little section here, and I'm going to just attempt to try to deconstruct it gently. Um, In the Christian walk, we hear, you know, you believe Jesus died on the cross, this and that, you repent of your sins. End of story. Every person has resurrection life. According to this verse, Jesus will also look back in Matthew. Let me read Matthew real quick. Actually, not Matthew. It is Luke 9, chapter 9, verse 23. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So right there, we see that Jesus says it is a daily thing. It's not a one-time thing that you're denying yourself, that you're picking up your cross. Because now if we connect that to what Paul says here, and we can do this in a bunch of different scriptures. I'm just using these two. It's good to study your Bible for yourself. Obviously, you have to take whatever I say and put it to the Spirit and to the Word. And if I'm wrong on things, then the Lord will correct me that of that. Um, but I want to. I mainly wanted to connect these two at the moment, where Jesus says, "You deny yourself daily." And here we have in back in Philippians chapter three, verse ten that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. It is a day-to-day journey that we travel on, the road to sanctification. The life of Christ will not be made evident evident in us daily unless we are denying ourselves. Obviously, when we talk about struggling, you know, this is getting into a huge other topic as well, but something that can happen sometimes is, you know, here in the U.S., I hear people say, oh, well, we don't really know what hunger is. We don't want, which is true. It's like there's definitely a perk or whatever to living in a first world country. But that doesn't mean that those other Christians around the world are more spiritual than than you can be living a comfortable life because then it'd be hard for, you know, well, that's why Jesus says that, you know, it's, it's hard for a rich person to enter the kingdom of heaven because they need to understand what it is to suffer. But if you can understand a spiritual suffering, a day-to-day thing. It's not a physical death that we're talking about here, that Paul's talking about. 
He's talking about a resurrection from the dead spiritually is a day-to-day thing. You deny yourself daily. You put you put your flesh to death daily, as it's said here. You know, too often as Christians, we think that it's the, the life of Christ in us is a one-time deal where, sure, believing in Christ, you know, and having faith for him and praying to him are all good, fine and dandy. But we need to realize to have resurrection life, to have the true, Paul says many, many times, we need to have the true, we need to have the life of Christ in us. There's good fruit and there's bad fruit. We want to have spiritual fruit. There will be suffering and then there will be death and then there will be life. It's the whole, uh, our pastor actually uses a very good example when teaching on this. He says, two plus two is four. Suffering plus death then equals spiritual life. Let me say that again. The the spiritual suffering, maybe it's something you want to do. Maybe it's a will you have in your heart. Maybe it's something you need to let go. It's a suffering. But when you put that to death and you cut that, you get rid of that fleshly desire. You accept the, the Lord's will for that situation, whatever it may be. And in that comes a spiritual life, a freedom, a spiritual life. It's not just a natural thing. And Paul continues to state in verse 12 of chapter 3 of Philippians, Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining and uh, um, straining forward to what lies ahead, pressing on forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward to the goal for the prize of the upward call of God and Jesus Christ. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that to you also. Let us hold true to what we have obtained. Paul says, if you are a mature Christian, this is the way to walk. It is, it is, this here is the foundation, as we were reading earlier, when they rejoiced. We are the temple of Christ, the foundation that needs to be laid in Christ's temple. Each one of you listening to this, for me and myself as well, this needs to be the foundation of my Christian walk. Is two plus two is four. The whole suffering, death, resurrection life. Then Paul says, Brothers, join me in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to example that you have in us. We need to have these examples in our lives. We need to understand who is walking the narrow road, who is walking in a good foundational message of the gospel. 
I'll just finish out this verse into chapter 4. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you, even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their, destruct, their end is destruction. Their God is their belly and the glory of their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven. And from it we await a and from it, sorry, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body into like his a glorious body by the power that enables him to subject all things to himself. Set our minds on not things, not earthly things. Let's actually go to Colossians real quick. One more verse. Actually, I almost want to read Colossians chapter 1, verse 6. Made alive in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See that no one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of the deity dwells bodily, but you have been fulfilled, or you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and all authority. In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision made without hands, a spiritual circumcision. Paul's talking about here. By putting off the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, and having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through the faith and the powerful working of God, and were ra- and who raised him from the dead, and you who were dead in your trespasses, trespasses and in uncircumcision of your flesh, made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all of our trespasses. For if we are made new in Christ, all the old must be put to death, and there must be a continual daily death in us, in the Spirit. Jesus says himself, there's no greater love than someone who would lay down their life for their friends, for their brothers, for their sisters, for their family. We also, there have been many times in my life where personally, even though I did not like maybe a certain family member, that I picked up my cross and I could have ignored them. I could have avoided them, but I said, you know what, Lord, forgive me. And I went and apologized, repented to this person. They did not understand it, but the Lord honors that. There, there came a life in that. They felt a life of Christ by me denying myself, even though this person had no idea what the heck was going on. But I want to close with this. And it's a good reminder because as we look at the foundation of what a Christian life is. It is the foundation of the cross. But we have to remember uh, Colossians 
chapter 3, verse 2. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth, for you have died and your life is hidden in Christ, uh, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. It's just a good reminder because I often, I often get very, very distracted in life um, with work. There's natural things we have to do in life, obviously, but we got to keep our eyes on, on the vision. We have to keep our eyes on Christ and we have to seek him in all things. We have to pray. We have to read our Bibles. We have to fellowship with our brothers and sisters in the Lord. We need to build each other up. We need to be in a good community. And we need to let the Lord continue to chisel away the things that need to be chiseled. We need the Lord to continue, excuse me, we need the Lord to continue to build us how he wants to build us. And we need to let the Lord do a good, deep, deep work in our lives. And if that foundation is only in love, if that foundation is only, is only on grace, you have to look at it like a pyramid. The foundation is denying yourself, as Jesus said, to do daily. And then grace can be built up on that. Love can be built up on that. Suffering, all this stuff, because how do you explain if the foundation of love, of God's love for your life, and then you lose your wife, and then you this happens to you, you get cancer, that foundation crumbles, but if the foundation is Christ and Him crucified and Christ on the cross, we realize that there's a purpose for the suffering. There's a purpose for this. There's a, there's a reason all this stuff happens in my life, Lord. Give me then the grace to get through it. Lord, give me a love after I deny myself. Give me a love for this brother, Lord. I don't have that love. Because if love is the foundation, but then I don't love my brother, or there's people I hate in the church— that's not the foundation of Christianity. Paul says, as I read earlier, I I care to know nothing but Christ and him crucified for our daily growth, for our spiritual life. So um, I hope this encouraged you. To be honest, I'm not just sharing this because I want to share it, but I share this because it's something that I actively pursue in my my daily life now i've had an amazing past day or so but that doesn't mean today's not going to be hard today could be the hardest day of my life tomorrow could be the hardest day of my life but if that foundation is in there each day we can continue to build that with the lord allow the lord to mold me and change me I have many, many things in my life. I'll be the first to say I have many, many things in my life that need to change and that the Lord needs to deal with in me. Same for every Christian. So, anyway, hope you guys are encouraged. I'm encouraged just because reading the Bible encourages me. So, and reading it aloud. So, I would also challenge you to read it aloud. So, thanks guys for listening. Share if you want to share. And be well. 